What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we're back and better than ever, or maybe just the same, but you know what? Consistency is key, and continuity is important to me. Today, we have a guest whom I think probably most of you have never heard of, and that's fine. Sometimes there are some fabulous artists just laying slightly underneath the surface, and I stumble upon him in one way or another. And today is one of those days we have an act in called Deborah's Child, who only has three songs out as of the time that we're recording this, but I think they are just, all three of the songs have like a shit ton of potential. They're like really great. She and her songwriting partner, producer, are phenomenally talented, and I think they both have bright futures in whatever it is they try, and so you you guys will hear an interview with her. It was fun. Good, pleasant conversation, and she was very revealing and open, and I think that, um, you know, that's all you can ask for when you interview somebody. It was very nice. I want to talk today about my new hobbies, or hobby in particular, but then I'm going to explain why I say hobbies, right? I've taken up shepherding, meaning I've taken up sheep herding as a hobby. I may have talked about this in like one of the very last episodes that I did. I can't remember, but I told you guys about my dog. His name's Cooper. Now at this point, he's two years old. Between the radio silence of the hiatus we were on with this, he was a puppy puppy when we got him. He was two months old. And oh my God, puppies are so fucking hard to take care of. Anyway, now he's two. He's an adult. Even raising him as hands-on as I did and with so much obedience and training and, you know, just effort. Like, he goes out twice a day, every day. Like not, And I, when I say go out, I mean we go on, like, a three-mile walk in the morning and then we go to the park and play, like, crazy fetch at night. Not like some little small dog park where there's a shit ton of dogs. It's like a big, giant field, right? And so this dog gets exercise upon exercise. But... It turns out, like, while he was in obedience class, he became, like, the teacher's pet because he's very smart and he would pick up on things so fast. So, like, the trainer would go, okay, I'm going to use Cooper as an example because he knew he would pick it up quick. So the trainer comes in one day and he's like, hey, have you uh, you ever heard of a McNabb dog? And I said, no, nah, I don't know. I've never heard of that. He goes, you should look it up, man. I think that's what Cooper is. He's like, I've always wanted one because they're, like, so driven. They'll just, like, learn anything. Just if they're obsessed with a toy, they'll figure out tricks just to get for you to give them the toy. And I said, oh, no shit. And then lo and behold, I went and Googled it and I looked it up and it seems like he might be a McNabb dog, right? And so McNabb dogs are these stock dogs from Northern California. There was a fella named Alexander McNabb about 200 years ago that started breeding Scottish Border Collies with Bosque Shepherds. And then his son took over. He bred them for like however many generations upon generations. And then his son took over breeding them afterwards and after, you know, I don't know, 50 or 100 years of breeding these dogs and paying attention to the traits that he liked and didn't like, he came up with the McNabb Shepherd, right? And so they're best known, I guess, as cattle dogs. They come from Mendocino County, and so that's like where there's a lot of cows up there. So I was like, oh, after learning all this, I said, oh, I wonder if he would, if he has herding instinct, you know? Because he's not like an ankle nipper, like a a blue healer or something. He just, uh, he was just really fucking smart and driven. And I was like, I wonder if this is a dog that would have herding instincts. So there's a place in LA about a, or there's a place in Acton, California called the Drum and Sheep Ranch. Shout out Drum and Sheep Ranch. Those are my people now. Been going for almost two years. Love it. They have a sheep farm where they train dogs to herd sheep there's this old cantankerous fella named paul 
he's hilarious and he's like actually become a buddy now. It took him seven months to learn my name, but that's okay. Once he learned my name, I was part of the family. You know what I mean? It's like an hour outside of LA. We drive up every Tuesday. And the very first time we put Cooper on sheep, I told the guy, Oh, I think it's a McNabb dog. He goes, why do you think it's a McNabb dog? There's not, there's not a lot of McNabs left. And I said, oh, really? I said, I don't know. He just looks like one from what I've Googled. And like I've had a couple of people tell me that maybe he is one. He goes, I don't know. Why would they put a good working dog in a shelter in Los Angeles? I, said, I don't know, man. He got They got found under a farmhouse. So anyway, we put him in with the sheep and goes absolutely apeshit bananas like his very first run. He's circling them and trying to bite them and just like a terror but you know he's listening to paul and he's doing his circles doing his flanks and he passed his little instinct test on the first try now that might not sound like anything but i've seen people go up and take four or five you know six instinct tests just to see if like their dog will get on the sheep and stay on the sheep and not give up Now, Cooper is the type of dog, you could fucking shoot him with a BB gun and he still wouldn't get off the sheep. We've been working up there now over a year and a half and I can still barely get him to stop when I want him to stop. Sometimes he will stop and sometimes he won't. Like you try to teach him, that'll do, like babe the pig, you know, that'll do pig. That's an actual shepherding term. And so when you're done, you try to get the dog off the sheep, you say that'll do. And they're supposed to let you just put him on leash and take him out. Sometimes he lets me, and sometimes he's like, fuck you, I'm going to go get the sheep one more time. So it's a work in progress. That said, I never thought that I would have this like strange hobby. I don't know if it's a strange hobby, but it's I've never been a hobby guy in general. Like I've always been a music is my hobby. Like I was always trying to turn hobbies into careers. And that never worked out with the music, but it did accidentally work out with the podcasting. And that became a career. So in that time, like like 2019, it was a cool year in that I made a lot of money. I'll be, I'll be completely transparent. Like the gig that I had with the headphone company where they were having me host podcasts made a, it was a great living. That said, I didn't really have shit to do that year. I did 24 podcasts. 12 of them were video podcasts and 12 of them were audio podcasts. The audio podcast I just did at my house, I just kind of like called people that I thought would be down and said, hey, do you want to come over and talk for an hour? Like not a big deal. That was no work at all. And then, um, you know, the video ones, we shot all 12 of them in the first three months of the year. So I was done by May or something like we shot in March, April and May and got all of them done. So I didn't have shit to do last year. I was fucking bored. That said, I traveled a shit ton. I had to go to Alaska twice. I had to go to Pennsylvania a couple times. I had to do this, that, and the other. I went to France uh, on a honeymoon. Like, did all this stuff. But that said, I still didn't have shit to do. So I was like, okay, this hobby. I'm going to put everything into this hobby. I bought a truck. I bought a 95 Ford F-150 for a relatively good price. See, my dad always, my dad had a 92 F-150 and my brother had a 94 F-150. And I've always loved that style, that body style, the big box body style before they changed in like, I think 97. And so I was like, Ooh, I've always wanted one of these trucks. I have a little bit of money now and I don't have anything to do. And I drive up this, like uh, up to the desert, up this muddy ass dirt road. And my dog smells like farm animals when we're done. I should get a truck truck. That'll be cool. So now I have a fucking truck, right? And I really like dove head into that. I bought a herding stick. I bought a whistle that I've kind of figured out how to use, but don't really use it when I'm hurting because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still like trying to 
the dog has more instincts than I have talent. So most of the time it's him telling me that I'm doing stuff wrong, essentially, and him telling me that I'm doing stuff wrong by biting a sheep. Don't worry, they're covered in hair and he's not actually getting any skin. He just ends up like swallowing a boatload of hair and then throwing it up in the truck on the way home. It's disgusting. And then also not having enough time, I thought, you know, I always actually wanted to learn how to woodwork. And I'm so pissed off because my my step-grandfather, Bruce, rest in peace, he was a pretty decent woodworker. He was a, a carpenter of sorts and had a full – he has a garage in Ojai filled with woodworking tools, tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. But I didn't like him that much when I was a kid. And so I was like, you know what? I don't want to learn. He offered to teach me at woodworking every time I came down. And I said, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I don't want to learn how to use these saws. I don't want to ever do anything with my hands. And then he passed away and and all that equipment's still sitting there. And I don't know how to use any of it. And I really want to learn how to use some of it. And so it turns out that right down the street from me in Glendale, there's like a shared workspace woodworking place basically where they you can sign up to be a member and then you can use all of their stuff for a monthly fee or you can take classes like you can take a safety course to learn all the saws and then you can take a bench building course and you can take a shelf building course or like a, you can take a frame building course. You can learn to make tabletops. You can learn to all this stuff, you know, um, that teaches you various tools like they kind of Mr. Miyagi you. And uh, so I started taking some woodworking classes. That said, I only took two because they're expensive. They're like 200 bucks a pop and they're only at certain times. And But I was like, you know, I want this to be a hobby. So I built a bench, took the bench building class, built a bench. And then I took the frame building class, built two frames. They came out fabulous. And then my employment became questionable because the headphone company was like, oh, yeah, by the way, your podcast is now canceled. And we only want you to do this other thing now. And it's going to be like way less money. So now you got to get back on your horse and grind. And so I haven't taken any woodworking classes. Will I take woodworking classes again? Hopefully when things slow down, I will. Because I would like to be proficient enough that if I ever am able to buy the house that we live in or if I buy a house that has a garage, I would love to like bring some of those woodworking tools down from Ojai in the back of my beautiful 95 Ford F-150. Feel me? So yeah, I was looking for hobbies, man. And I never thought I would have hobbies. But it turns out that I'm a real hobby boy. Hobby gang is in the house. I could literally like sit and talk to you about hurting pretty much every podcast episode like i fucking love it and i only go up every tuesday for it's like i'm there for like an hour the dogs get two runs you know and for the first like six months that i was there i was just watching i would go in the pen with them or in the in the field with them but paul the cantankerous old shepherd that works cooper he would be doing most of the work and I would be watching and trying to soak up game and ask him questions and say, oh, when he did this, what did that mean? And when you did that, what did this mean? And then eventually at about seven months in, he goes, all right, look, you come up here to learn how to do this. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you got to learn how to do it. So get in there. It's your turn. And so I had to go in there and try to get Cooper to run his flanks. And I did it. I'm sure it was terrible, but he was excited. Uh, he was. He said, oh, you did it. Ah, that, that wasn't half bad. And he looks at his wife, Jenny, goes, Jenna. He goes, looks at me and goes, what's your name again? And I said, come on. I said, Lee. And he goes, Lee did it. He's not a virgin anymore. He popped his cherry. 
And um, he doesn't really have a New York accent. I don't know why I'm screaming with a New York accent. But yeah, so ever since then, now I go in and I do it. And so for the last, you know, six months or so, seven months, you know, Cooper and I are trying to figure out how to work these sheep together. And he's getting a lot better. There's a big, so there's like four fields. There's like a little pen where you're just kind of teaching them to run circles. Come by means run, run clockwise. And away means run counterclockwise. And then there's a, a bigger field where you could do these outruns, which is like when the sheep are far away and you send the dog to run a big loop behind them and get them to run towards you. And so, you know, he's pretty good at outruns. He still likes to play, so he'll like split up the sheep a little bit. But it's such an interesting thing with dogs and shepherding and you learn so much about various breeds and you learn so much about other breeds because there are like five different types of working dogs on any farm doing jobs, you know, like, do you like Great Pyrenees? Did you know that Great Pyrenees just think they're a fucking sheep and they just sit with the sheep all day and they have no prey drive for sheep at all? They just sit in there and think they're a sheep, but... If a big cat or a coyote or whatever comes around, they go apeshit and they will fight off a pack of coyotes. They'll try to fight a big cat. That's the big trick is like they just lay amongst the flock and then get out and fuck up any predator that comes near. Amazing. I didn't know that. I just thought they were big fluffy dogs. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. If you guys, if you guys uh, respond, uh, send me any messages about like, oh, you know what, talk about hurting more. It's fun. I'll go in because like I just love it so much. It's like really a fun way to get to know your dog and to just to learn about dogs in general. Who knew? It turns out that I've been like a dog fanatic my whole adult life, but I haven't allowed myself to like do it because I didn't think I was responsible enough to like take care of a dog because I was so busy going out and doing rap stuff all the time or doing podcast stuff all the time or you know, just bad things, just trying to do bad shit all the time instead of just like chill at home with my dog. But yeah, the summary of that is, you know what? Being married's tight. Having a dog is tight. Shepherding is tight. I would suggest all three of those things. Okay. Without further ado, we are going to get into the episode today with Deborah's child, who is a young lady with a very very interesting and very open story. Like I, I just love like how deep we got into it so quickly. And um, I'm telling you, like I said at the top of the show, this um, songwriting duo, her and her pr- production partner, they're on to something. They're really good. They're really good. I think these three songs like have amazing pop potential. And it's just the beginning for them. So by the time they really start getting out there, I think the growth is just going to be really fast and really something. So without further ado, after we pay some bills, you're going to hear my conversation with Deborah's child. Do you have any acting aspirations after music? I do. Do you really? Yeah. What do you uh, want to be in? So um, my producer and I um, yeah. are making a TV show. No way. Yeah, we're in the middle of writing it. Right. And it's a music-based TV show. So we're writing the music um, for it. And it's about a girl who um, lives in like kind of like... 1900s okay time time period yeah and she finds a synth uh-huh 
and it's like this magical it gets literally an 808 we don't know how copyrights can happen but she finds this 808 and it basically um gives her powers and um yeah we're still figuring out the kinks but so i'm I'm gonna be the actress is it a comedy or is it a is it a it's not a comedy whimsical drama i guess you would say more whimsical drama it's pretty dramatic and i just made up that genre yeah. but it sounds like a real <laughs> it genre it sounds like something i yeah. want to yeah. yeah yeah it's um it's like adult it's definitely adult okay animation oh it's animation yeah oh yeah it's animated oh okay wow so you guys have big dreams this is going to be we on adult swim soon we're hoping yeah that's yeah. tight well you guys are really getting into a lot of shit then yeah um real like power producer artist thing going on here like you guys have yeah. a, do a little bit of everything it seems right yeah yeah write your songs together he's producing your singing and you're writing tv shows yes yeah wow working on yeah working writing tv shows yeah that's amazing i wish that i had bigger dreams like i was just like you have a big dream you know what i want to be a podcast host <laughs> no i'm just kidding that, hey, was, never the, that was never the dream but it happened uh no and i you do love it. i do i love it this is the only time i get to talk to people now you know what i mean like yeah. it's like my wife and i sit around and just don't do shit all day and then i <laughs> and then i talk to people for real after you've been married for a while you know you stop having actual conversations it's just like hey stop farting <laughs> that's what she says to me Really? No, I'm just kidding. She loves them. All right, so now we will do the small talk. Where where are you from? I'm from Orlando. From Orlando, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now that you've moved, looking back, what do you think about Florida? Um. Okay. It's very suburban. Yeah. So it's like kind of where I came from is like marsh, like marshland. Um. I don't know. It's I don't I don't resonate with it. I yeah. don't. It's I, I I was a very different person in high school. Yeah. And um, yeah. It almost feels like another life. <sighs> I'm gonna tell you a quick anecdote, and then I want to kind of unpack what you just said. But I've only been to Orlando. I've landed in the Orlando airport one time. Right? Okay. And then the part where you said it looks like kind of marshy. Yeah. I'm from a very small town in Alaska called North Pole, Alaska. It's all out in the middle of the woods, and all the houses kind of look a distinct way, right? Wow. Yeah. And and when I drove from the Orlando airport to Daytona Beach, like driving through the kind of marshy area, I was like. This is going to sound weird, but Florida looks a lot like North Pole, Alaska at some parts. Wow. Yeah, it was like very kind of rural almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got that. But it's also got a very weird, weird um, vibe to it, too. Florida in general does, though. Yeah. Miami's dope, though. See, that, you know what's funny is I've been all over Florida and have not been to Miami yet. Like, I've been to, like, a hundred other cities. Wow, that's strange. Yeah, well, because it was always for work. So I never okay. went for pleasure. I was, like, shooting photo, doing photo work, and, like, we would be in gotcha. whatever, like, random minor league baseball town or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyhow, so, yeah, Florida is a, kind of a weird place in general. Yeah. Yeah. Miami's, like, a different... It's. I feel like it's not. Um, it's its own little. world. It's its own little world. Yeah, yeah. and I don't feel. It's, I think it's something about like me growing up. When I go back to Florida, um, I just feel. Yeah, I just feel strange, man. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. How often do you go back? Once a year or something? I went back once um, with. Since I graduated high school, I moved to LA right after graduating high school. Yeah. So my dad and I moved out here, and I was like, "Bye." Like I, I basically like ditched like all my friends i was like i don't want to talk to you guys for school stuff or for just oh, I moved out here music for stuff. music for just music. already yeah. like you just had it plugged in already. yeah after wow. high school yeah i, I like was I it like a dollar in a dream or you already had some connections out here no connections wow none that's ballsy i'm surprised your parents went for that my dad is like the biggest 
um, supporter ever. He really? just he just lo- he lets he loves what we what my my sister and I love to do. She's an artist too. Yeah, and uh, he's always just been like, yeah, what what makes you happy? Yeah, yeah. So he he came. He has no tie. My he has no ties in Florida. I was graduated high school. My sister was out of Florida. We were just like, why are we here? Yeah. So, we love. so you and your dad moved out here together. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. tight. What a what a good dad. Yeah, <laughs> he's a good dad. Um, that's so interesting because the literal theme of this show is that bad dads make great art. Like, wow. oh, I, you're like you're one of the exceptions to the. Okay, rule. I'm not saying he's perfect. No, of course nobody's perfect. But yeah. but what I'm saying is like. 90% of the artists either like don't know their dad or dad ditched them early or whatever. Really? Like they, or On they their don't show? T- or they don't talk to him. Yeah, everybody. Like, I had a bad dad. Rest in peace. Like, it wasn't his fault. I, I found out later. But yeah, like, that's a thing. You found out later. Yeah, it's hard to explain. I'll okay. tell you off air. Yeah, off air. P- people know this. Before we go too far into the dad thing or mm-hmm. just your dad and family in general, mm-hmm. tell me more about kind of like what you've learned about Florida because you went back. You were telling a story about you went back yeah. and. So I went back. Um, yeah, I got off track. I went no, back with my boyfriend to show him like where I grew up. Yeah, and um, you know all the places that I I told him about. Um, and um, yeah, it was just like we went to my old high school, and I sort of like showed him like how I used to walk to classes and stuff. And it was just like um, it's really weird because like. I almost feel like maybe I haven't like fully left that world yet, mm-hmm. but I've been trying to. So when I go back there, it's like it still feels like you know I'm like a little stuck there or something. It kind of like sucks you back in. Or yeah, anything? it sucks you back in. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't have the great, I didn't have a great high school experience particularly. Why not? Um, why not? I uh, well, this is what happened. Um, I took this drug. Um, I can say I think you can yeah. t- you can actually cuss on this show too, believe okay, it or cool. not. So you took <laughs> yeah, this fucking so. drug. I took this fucking drug. Yeah. It's called Vivance. It's for ADHD. My yeah. best friend was on it. Uh-huh. Um, but I've never told this to anyone. Like it's not public knowledge, well, but whatever. Welcome to kind of neat. Yeah, I there took it, and um, I didn't need it. Like I was taking it. Um, I was I was not getting good grades. I was not good at school, but I didn't have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um. And I took it anyway because my best friend was like, oh, my grades are so good now. Like, I'm focusing and I'm losing weight. And it's just great. It's this great pill. So um, I took it and it ended up like I ended up I kept increasing my dose because I was 16. Because you got tolerance too. Yeah, my tolerance. That's what happens. Um, And if you're not careful, you know, you just keep going back and you're like, oh, my dose, whatever. You don't think. I mean, I was 16. So I was just like, whatever. So I kept increasing my dose and – I it ended up like I went into like this really really um, bad mental state where yeah. I didn't feel like myself. Kind of manic or something. Yeah, it was like um, it's like psychosis. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so, so like dark. you really don't feel That's like a, you. Th- it really sounds like the a real life version of this really infamous um, Saved by the Bell episode where really? Je- Jesse gets addicted to caffeine pills, but it was supposed to be like an ADHD type thing. Like, oh. Uh, yeah, I, and, and, you're too young to know this, but everybody, like some of the listeners, I, will be like, "I know that," because she's like, "I'm so excited, I'm so, I'm so scared," oh. and it's like super melodramatic. It's like an infamous like scene. Anyhow, right. I'm sorry to make light of your situation. That sounds terrible. So, did you start losing a bunch of weight as well? Are you like yeah, looking losing, different? People are yeah. like, "What's going on?" Yeah, like um, a lot of people were like, you know, thought I 
I just looked very like sick, like sallow or something. Very yeah, yeah. very pale and very thin. And yeah. but I guess like it could also I also just looked like maybe like a normal girl. Like it, it you wouldn't like not a lot. Not everyone was like, "Whoa, you look crazy." Did your dad know something was going on? Yeah, my, my dad. Um, I eventually started like got to a point where I was just like, "This is like I don't know what's going on." Like I feel really strange, um, and. We didn't know. I went to my, I went back to my psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and I was like, I feel weird and depressed and I'm having like all these bad thoughts. And she was like, I I think it might be your boyfriend. Mm. So I, so I like broke up. I know I actually didn't break up with him, but I didn't, the point is I didn't go off the pill. Cause you didn't tell, she didn't know. She didn't tell me. But did she know that you were on them? She she prescribed them to me. She prescribed them? A motherfucker prescribed them to me. She freaking knew. And basically looking back, it's like, I don't know if she handled it wrong, but I definitely feel like she like, do you fucked me? Kind of. Yeah. I don't want to go too dark. No, 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 no. First and foremost, like this is already fantastic. So thank you. I'm glad that you're opening up and I appreciate it. And the the audience will appreciate it too. I know that it feels vulnerable, but like these are the stories that like make people relate. So when you find out about Vivance, right, Mm -hmm. it's because Mm -hmm. of a friend. And so then Mm -hmm. do you go to your psychiatrist and go, hey, I think I need Vivance. And she's like, you know what? You're right. Or did she bring it That's a good question. Um, So basically when I was a child, like three or four my mom put me on ADH pills mm-hmm. for like a for like a couple months because I like I was always running around and at four years old. Yeah, actually, I don't know the specific yeah, age, yeah. but I know that they thought I had ADHD, and then yeah. a lot of parents, a lot of parents do it. I yeah, think. right, right. They just they're so quick to to medicate children, yeah. and nothing was. I mean, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal to well, be hyper. Yeah, when you're like four or five years old, you're supposed to it's be kind of bouncing normal. around. I feel like yeah. So I used that yeah. to kind of leverage my. I was like, oh, I was on it. Like I, I totally have it. You're trying to convince it, yeah. convince the psychiatrist. Basically. At the same time, it's very, 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 very easy to get medication. Yeah. Wow, that's like such a euphoria story or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so that's why. And then my whole high school experience was just downhill from there yeah i lost like i mean i wasn't talking to people i wasn't hanging out with friends if if you are like if you take a lot of drugs you know that and and you're on you're not taking them in a smart way they change your personality they um make you stop eating they do crazy shit to your brain like very very scary stuff so did you get paranoid yeah paranoid oh wow i was like hearing voices no Mm -hmm. so then does that kind of like exponentiate itself by like oh i'm hearing voices and i need to smoke some weed to fucking calm down or i need to drink no. or i need to do yeah, this never, you didn't try anything else no i was just like what is it's so yeah. slow that you don't realize like yeah. what is happening and then until you're like oh my god like this is so bad like yeah. i my, i don't know what i don't know what's going on and then i talked to my sister about it and my dad and um i don't know i don't really have that great of a memory of it yeah but um my sister coincidentally met someone at a party like at some point um and that guy this guy that she met said that the same thing happened to him on this drug so she was like get off this drug not like i didn't know to not take it i was just like you know so then i got off and then within the week like the paranoia the the most serious stuff like subsided so, wow, yeah. that is fascinating, yeah. but also it's, like terrifying. It's, it's terrifying, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's so scary. Yeah. And see, I don't want to make this political right off the jump, but like, I feel like if we had a better healthcare system that where 
drugs weren't always being advertised to us on TV and shit like that. I'm like, oh, hey, do you have this like mild symptom? Well, yeah. maybe you need a drug and then yeah. it might make your asshole bleed and you <laughs> might throw up and be whatever. But like it's it'll help that little tiny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I do think that as a society, we are so quick to want to medicate. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's yeah, just, are, yeah. wow. Yeah, you, and you just, um, you got to like, even if like society is quick to medicate and quick to prescribe medication, you have to be aware yeah. of like what you're putting in your body. Do the research. If I did the research, you would have known better. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I didn't do the research. Of course, because it just was helping your friend, and you're like, yeah, this yeah, could yeah. help me. So yeah. let me ask you: When you do get off, you say like the worst of the symptoms subside in a week yeah. but is there any withdrawal like did you feel like oh i missed this i didn't feel i actually didn't feel any withdrawal like i didn't get addicted or yeah. i didn't feel like i needed it um but it took me like a while to feel better yeah. like years yeah. wow yeah so even after moving right so like i finished high school yeah. i basically was like what am i supposed to do like i don't know what i'm doing i feel did your grades Weird. suffer? Because- yeah, I almost, yeah, I basically had a really, really hard time graduating. Um, my, yeah, it was just awful. It was really bad. But, I mean, there were good parts. There no, were no, good no. times we'll in high get, school, too. We'll get to those. <laughs> Don't worry. So, before that phase of your life, yeah. right? I notice in talking to you that you bring up your dad a lot. Mom yeah. only got brought up once. Did they split up when you were young? My mom um, and my dad split up yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. And um, she had issues. Right. Um, she was suffering from um, a, like alcoholism yeah. and being like addicted to um, certain certain things. And she struggled a lot in like when I was like five and six yeah. at, at the end of her life. And, and um, she passed away. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I, there's nothing, there's no good way to respond to that. People, you know, yeah. my dad recently it's, passed away and people always tell me I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, it's not yeah. your fault. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't even, yeah. it doesn't, it, it doesn't really affect me. Yeah, I'm it sure that it does somewhere in there. And yeah, I, I say the same thing. Oh, yeah, I feel yeah. like it doesn't accept me or yeah. it doesn't really affect me. And then yeah. I did an intro of the podcast about it and was like bawling my fucking eyes out. No way. Yeah. So like it does affect us. It's just right. like, we don't allow us, we, right, you, right, you right. probably like me don't allow ourselves to talk about right, it too much right. because it's a sore spot. I'm sure. One time I was at a... Um, I was at a dinner with my um, my my boyfriend's re- uh, just relative, yeah. and um, she is a psychoanalyst, or yeah. like a I guess a therapist, a therapist, yeah, therapist. Sure. But she's like sp- it's specific to like Freud yeah. and Freudian, like it's talk therapy. Yeah, yeah. So you like psychoanalyze. So it's all about on. your mom and dad. Yes, yeah. and sex. Yeah. And I went to the bathroom when we were like talking about my mom or something, and I just went to the bathroom, and then and then she told my boyfriend, she was like, "That's not a coincidence. Like that's because you know, yeah, some things like she doesn't subconsciously she doesn't want to talk about her mom or something." Right. And I literally was going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how old are you when your mom passes? Six. Six. Wow. And so your dad steps up and raises you and your sister and yeah. does his thing. Yeah. That's great. What does he do for work? He um. When I was young, he owned like the Quiznos franchise. The whole, oh, like a franchise. Yeah, he okay. owned like nine or ten stores. No shit. Yeah, wow. so free subs all the time. Yeah, Quiznos was, was lit too back yeah. then. Like it was, that was good. Okay, it when, was doing well. When it came out, out the gate, I was like, yo, fuck Subway, Quiznos yeah. game. Quiznos is better than Subway, but it's more expensive. Yeah, but yeah. good. And you know what? They have a fantastic clam chowder. 
Shout really? out to the, shout out to their soup. They got good soups. I wouldn't try that, but I'm sure that okay. I was probably in the wrong for trying yeah. it. But it was tasty. Gotcha. You know, I don't know what was in there that was making it so tasty. Clams, but. yeah, yeah. So he owns nine franchises out in Florida. He did yeah. a long time ago. Before you, or like before you were around, or what? I think it started probably when we were like born. Okay, that he started, but eventually he ended up getting out of that. Yeah, and then it was just been it's been like a stream of him starting his own businesses. Yeah, so he started he. Owned like a then he owned a frozen yogurt franchise, okay. And he Menchies killed or something? that, yeah. It was like it was basically the opposite of Pinkberry, okay. Yeah, but they're all dead now, okay. Because Pinkberry, like, yeah, killed them, yeah, right. And then he started his like his own, like, he put a, his own name, his own brand of frozen yogurt, a different one. And now he is, um, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Your dad sounds like a dreamer, my dad. I want you to meet my dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's very, the most like spirited, like happy person to talk to ever. And he's, he's a dreamer, but the thing is like, he's failed a lot. Yeah. I think in terms of like his career, I guess wise, because he's always starting something new, but he always, he never gets like down. He's always like, yeah. Well, and so beyond even being a a dreamer, he's a believer. But I love that attitude because you know what? My my whole like thing in life is you gotta fail hard and fail fast. And if Mm. you if you fail hard, that means you're trying hard. And if you fail fast and you get back up, then one of them one of them shit's gotta hit. Your dad's gonna fucking strike gold one of these days. I know. I'm gonna strike gold first. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that also he embedded that in you. Or like that's ingrained in you now is like, yo, fail hard, fail fast. Don't worry about it. Don't let it affect you. You know what I'm saying? And also the fact that he believed in you to to move out here with you and help you along the way. And he loves amazing. He loves my music. Yeah. And he loves my sister's music. And yeah. He's just happy. Was he a musical guy? He worked um he worked for like some record company a big one back in the day. I think it might have been Capital. Yeah. Um and he ended up just being like some assistant uh-huh. for like like honestly like he he met like Mick Jagger once. Yeah, right. I'm not really sure what the story is, but uh he got out of it cuz he was in like a a dirty part of it. Like yeah. they were kind of taking advantage of him a little from oh, what yeah. I, from what he tells me. It was a long time ago. Right, of course. But yeah, he's gotten out of that sense. He has no idea what is going on in music. But a music lover? Did Was there music in the house all the time or no? Um, I would say, honestly, actually, yeah, there okay. was. But it really started once, um, like my, um, stepmom came in. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, so, um, once she came in she was younger so she was like really into Christina Aguilera yeah she took us to like a Christina Aguilera Justin Timberlake concert that's fire yeah and she was Hispanic so she was always playing like um, like Spanish yeah. Hispanic music yeah, yeah. but the, the pop right. Spanish that was on the right, radio right right yeah and um yeah, and then, yeah, that was really, my sister and I started doing, like, we were singing, all I remember is us singing all the time, doing singing competitions all the time, like, as little little girls. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently. Are I mean, you the older sister or the younger sister? I'm the younger, yeah. You're the younger. So was your sister your cooler older sister, like, where she was like, oh, hey, come meet my cool friends and listen to the cool music I know, or did you guys butt heads? We butted heads. Yeah. Yeah, we butted heads. I was, she thinks... That I was a bitch to, yeah. to her and my dad in high school. And I I mean, I was like, yeah, I was, I was kind of a bitch. Yeah. But whatever. She. 
Whatever. She was doing her own thing. I I thought I think I thought she was like I was like embarrassed of my family and I went to the private school. Everyone was snooty as fuck. Oh yeah. So my sister was always like fine, but I was like very like, you know, I have to have my my appearance on at all times. Like I don't I hid like I didn't introduce my high school boyfriend of them it was just we were at a weird wow. i was too cool for them yeah yeah too cool for your family too cool for my family because yeah. the private school like, yeah made you feel some type of way yeah where my wow. friends did yeah. at the school yeah so you you're like a reformed snotty rich girl is that what it is I mean, yeah you could say yeah okay i'm trying to get the vibe like uh i'm still trying to get the vibe. no no because i get i get it yeah obviously you're still young and growing yeah. but like i can tell that you're saying like oh i've changed since this and yeah. i'm trying to figure out what you changed yeah. from and yeah. so like i've it was you, really you the look, vibe ends yeah i shifted yeah and you look back on that time of your life with regret or something yeah it's sort of like i don't know how i feel about it yeah because Though I am, like, a lot more, you know, I, I value my family. Yeah. And I value being, you know, a good person, like, making art. And that's what is important to me now. And back then. It wasn't. Yeah, that that wasn't the case. What was important to you back then? It was, like, you know, being super cool, being the shit. And, like, that was all that was important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's high That's school. That's such a high school thing, though. That's such a high school thing. Yeah. Like, come on, everyone. I don't. I feel like I didn't value being a good person until, like, last year, you know? <laughs> no, <Yeah>. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I try. I try. Yeah, you try. Um, so your high school, you go to a private school. Is it all girls school? It's not all girls. No. Yeah. Okay. But was it, like, uniforms and everything? Yeah, uniforms. Yeah. How was yeah. that? Where, did you go from that as, like, a child? Like Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a saying that we, that my producer and I say, which is that if Eminem went to an all-girls school and I think was Catholic or something, that's like what I am. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> if you want a little There's idea. the elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay. So before the Vivance and before the snobbiness, I guess, as mm-hmm. a kid, what other stuff were you involved in? Were you a sports kid? Were you a drawer? Not a were you a kid. Yeah. I honestly spent... A lot of money. Yeah. I loved shopping. Yeah. I loved clothes. And I, let me think. I was really, really into clothes. I wanted to be a fashion designer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I took guitar lessons and I took some singing lessons um, here and there as I was growing up, but I never committed. Like, you know, like, um, a lot of people take an instrument at a young age, like tons of musicians now started and they just commit and yeah, they, they and learn. I was like, Oh, I'm not good at this. Like, fuck. And I stopped. My dad was it's like, too hard. yeah, my yeah. dad was like, I put so much money into this. And then, yeah. yeah. So, so we didn't stick with any of that stuff, but, um, I always knew that I, that I school wasn't like for me, like I didn't want to go to school. I was planning on never a good student, never a good student. Really? Yeah. Did you take up any academic interests of your own outside of school? Like, were you like, I found this one author that I love to read because it made so much sense to me or anything like that? Or it was just like, nah, fuck that. Um, I was, I mean, I, I made my sister's prom dress. So I was starting to like. So you start to see like the practicality of like, I am good with my hands and I can like actually sew and stuff. Yeah. Or like, let me, this is something that I'm interested in. Let me try. Yeah. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't like 
I think it, it was more just about like having fun. I didn't really care. It was yeah. like I'm cool and like let's go hang out. Like you're like popular. Yeah, yeah popular. And, popular. Yeah. And so were, were you like a cheerleader or anything like that? Nope. Like okay, no. I just I just want to see like how far the change has come into yeah. uh, you know Deborah's child. Yeah. From, yeah. But then but then they started bullying me too. So really? kind of yeah. That's like the give and take of being popular, right? It's like yeah. you it's like you're at the top of the pyramid, yeah. but also like people will always want to play king of the hill and kick you off the top. Yeah. Yeah. The haters are always coming for you. Yeah, it's true. It's I, true. I get it. I was popular too, you know. But the haters, they're always Did after you. Did you come for anyone? No. No. I, no. I, I you know what? Coming from a small town, maybe you could relate to this. Like coming from a small town, I rightfully or unrightfully just always thought or felt like I was too good for it. Mm. Like I was mm. like, this is this. Yeah. Sh- I'm not involved in any of this because I already knew. Like you, I was like, once I'm 18, I'm out this bitch. Yeah, I'm yeah. never coming back. Like, yeah. I, like I, you like no. Yeah, I just knew. Yeah, and you know knew. what? Because of that, there's only really one high school friend I stay in contact with. That's it. I mean, that's wow. my that's my my day one from fifth grade. Yeah, he's the and like even and even that it's like we keep in contact a couple times a year. Right. You know, or when I go home, that's my that's who I hang out with. Right. But yeah. I just never. I just was like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Is that how you felt? I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so you probably, at this, even though you grew up in the Facebook age, I'm sure you probably don't keep up with a lot of your high school friends. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think about, um, I think about like reunions sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes I think like, will I go to mine? And Are they still a thing is what I wonder. Because now that Facebook exists, like, is, is there yeah, a purpose? That's true. You know? Like, I see all these people. I'm like, I don't want to fucking go. I don't want to go meet you guys somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't know if they're a thing. I feel like they are, though. Mm. You know? My graduating class was 68 people. And Whoa. so we had a 10-year reunion, and, like, six of us showed up. <laughs> it was, like, so small. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. And it was just because, like, that was the time of year when the most people happened to be in town. It was, like, during, right. during summer, you know, summertime when people would, like, go visit their parents. So you stuff went? There. Yeah, I mean, it was just like me and six people that I gotcha. yeah that was in Alaska. It. Yeah, in Alaska. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fun times. So, when the time comes and you graduate high school and you already know in your head, I'm out, mm-hmm. right? But you don't know what what, what you want to do, is. where yeah. you want to go. Like, Haven't really written that many. Probably like I don't I don't even think I had written like one song at that point you had it yeah. you were just like i know it's in me and i want to fucking figure out how to get it out of me or yeah what? or almost how i remember it is like almost like the vibe vans i was just like i can't i don't know what to do like i'm i almost like m- my life was like shifted like w- i feel like i can't do anything so i'm gonna go to la and pursue music because like I don't know, maybe I've always wanted to or like I've always I've always sung, even if I hadn't like written music or I wasn't like writing all the time or learning instruments. I've been a singer since I was. um, Did you perform in public and stuff? No, no. That's the thing. You just you just knew that you could sing in the privacy of your own room. You were never in choir or anything like that. I mean, I did like um, I sang like for my friends and people at school, like my teacher made me sing one time to avoid attention. Yeah. So my sister was actually doing like talent shows and stuff. But I again, like I wasn't make I wasn't I wasn't you would think that I would be more, you know, manifesting it and doing it. But yeah, I just sang to myself. Right. In the room to my friends. You know, what's funny. uh, I'm. This is, how, this is how I relate to people as I tell anecdotes about myself as well. They go like, I feel like you feel. But when I was a kid, right, 
I used to do anything I could possibly do to avoid performing in front of people. Like in choir, if we had to do like a class choir thing, mm. like I never was in choir, but if we had to do like a class music thing, I would be like, yo, I don't want to sing. Can I be the person that presses play on the tape deck or whatever? Like I would always find a way to weasel my way out hmm. only because in my heart of hearts, I knew like, when I grow up, I want to be a performer, but I'm, I don't want to um, show any of these people that so that my dream gets killed. Does that make sense? Did you ever feel like that? Like, what do you mean my dream gets killed? I didn't, I didn't ever want to perform in, in front of anybody and like in my small town and hear like, oh, that's terrible. Cause I figured like if somebody in my small town tells me, then like, oh, oh it, then it must it, be true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't, yeah, like I had like videos and stuff. Actually, I, I did make a song in high school. I'm okay. remembering it now. Yeah. And like, it was so weird because all my friends were seeing it and then what they said kind of became like okay this is you know this is good or bad or no one's really talking about it or people are saying it's weird so it yeah it kind of was like okay i guess that's what it is then i feel like it's kind of what you're saying right right but um i don't think like really any people have heard my music um from there so it's yeah they don't i don't like again i delete my instagram so when you're ma- oh you deleted and started over yeah yeah right what was your old Instagram like just like I'm fucking cool <laughs> yeah you check not- me in my Jetta yeah Did you drive it was it? like I don't know I had like whatever a couple yeah. um like I think like I don't know over a thousand followers Get um it. Get yeah it. <laughs> that's not anything Ooh, you had a one cat <laughs> no, I was kidding yeah I lo- I was just pictures of me just yeah. pictures of me now I'm like trying to you know make you it you have my an artist. aesthetic yeah. yeah. At Deborah's Child on Instagram, you can yeah, follow Deb's her. Child, or Deb's out. Child, there you go. Yeah, yeah, sorry, my bad. Got that handle. Yeah, you do. Why Los Angeles over New York? If you were just like a dreamer, like, and you didn't really have a plan. That's a good question. Thanks. You've told me that three I times. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it to heart. <laughs> I believe it. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so it was really arbitrary. My dad was like, "You can go to any of these three places." For some reason, I don't know why, I just picked Los Angeles. What were the three? New York, Nashville, in ah. L.A. Yeah. Yeah. A- L.A. seems to make the most sense for your vibe. Nashville yeah. probably wouldn't have made sense. No. A lot of people... I mean, I didn't have a vibe, though. Yeah. At the time. Oh, you didn't have a vibe. You yeah. didn't know what your vibe was going to be. Yeah, it was be. right after high like, school. Like, if you would have been in Nashville, could it have just ended up being country? I think I instinctively knew, like, I wasn't going to do... Um, you know, acoustic music or music that I think comes out of Nashville. But yeah. Nashville's... It depends. Yeah, I just knew. So I was like L.A. or New York probably. Yeah. So it was really only down to those two. L.A. seems to kind of be the hub of the industry right now in my eyes for artists where yeah. it's like if you start somewhere else and something catches on, you move out here anyway. So yeah. it seems like you made the right decision. Yeah. When it inevitably does catch on, you're already here. Yeah. And you're already used to it. Yeah. The thing is like I don't really technically need to be here right now um, because – me and my producer, we just write the music, and then I'm in I'm in meetings like rarely. Yeah. So it's like nothing is really n- like needing me now. But when stuff starts to happen, or when I start to, I mean, I'm starting to do like shows and stuff. At so least you won't feel overwhelmed at that point by like the the big city lights. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and I'll need to be here. Yeah, because, exactly. Yeah, I think when you as like an artist who's popping off and like has a has a career and everything's moving and LA's the place. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that like the the big city lights is like sometimes I think people move out here and they start to rest on their laurels, like meaning 
all right, I got here and now I have money to live here and now I don't got to work as hard because, uh, mm. you know, I can just go to One Oak and, and or whatever. Right. But it's like, you know, getting your getting your feet, right. having some roots here, is like it'll it'll help you like avoid that kind of pitfall maybe. Of just being like living the LA life. Yeah, living the LA life. But yeah, I mean, I had, I did that. Yeah. Like I did that when I first. Everyone has everyone to do that at some that. point. Yeah. I've been here for a while now, so it's like, I don't do that. Yeah. What was the initial culture shock from Florida to Los Angeles? Like, how was it? Yeah. How was it different? Well, it's it's different because there's a lot more. Ex- everything's bigger yeah everything's bigger everything's better yeah <laughs> there's just um a lot more th- things to do did you instantly love it because i think la is a city that needs to grow on people sometimes yeah i didn't instantly love it yeah. i don't even i wouldn't even say that i'm at the point where i love it now really? i, I want to move to new york really yeah oh wow yeah but i, I do love part do. don't let la's door hit you on the ass on the way out <laughs> all right no i'm just kidding i am like an la fanatic i love it here really yeah but it took me like two or three years before i really like got it yeah you know that's how it is yeah but now i couldn't i have a hard time seeing myself anywhere else i just love it here yeah it's perfect if I, yeah. I were to move to New York, I would have a place here and in New York. Yeah. Not just full-time. Back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because New York's a shit, too. Yeah. New York is tight. You know, maybe the, the self-doubt in me has always been like, you're not cool enough to live in New York. Because mm-hmm. I, I absolutely idealize New York as, like, the perfect city. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yeah. That's what I do. Like, I, I think it's so cool. And I like visiting there, but I don't want to, like, ruin the city by moving there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, you fucking transplant. Get the fuck out of here. You like, fucking what? Transplant. Oh. Like, you know, like, so, I don't want to be a gentrifier in New York. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, but everyone was that at one point. New r- York is made Right. Of- but I, you know, I, if I would have done it when I was like 18 and moved right. out there, I'd, you know, that would have been my shit probably. Right. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I have this reverence for that city where I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, uh, me too. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas LA, I'm like, it's already a bunch of kooks out here. I'm like <laughs> leveling it up out here. So yeah. when you get out here, how do you start making the steps towards becoming deborah's child um how i start making these steps okay so i fuck around for like two years <laughs> yeah. yeah like what am i doing like i don't know living life and living life and like learning experiences or what more like staying inside my house where my dad lived and like not knowing what to do but like writing songs on my piano that's good and that's it like yeah. I didn't talk to anyone I really didn't it was more like I think I was still kind of um coming off of like how I felt like on Vivance and stuff so I was very you were like shedding your former shell almost, yeah yeah, like, yeah you know, trying to you were like an, in a cocoon tr- trying yeah. to be the butterfly to yeah. escape yeah, yeah trying yeah. trying yeah, yeah. um so yeah I really like was like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing like um I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know what music I wanted to make. So I just, like, honestly, I was trying to make my dad look like I was, like, doing stuff. So I was writing songs. and I, Did he make you get a job? I did get a job, yeah. um, but he, he didn't make me. No. Yeah. You I, just needed it to get out of the house? Well, I think I had to pay for something oh, or yeah. something. I can't remember. But, yeah, I did get a job. In not knowing what you wanted the music to sound like, what were you listening to? And, and was it a hodgepodge of stuff that going like, should I do this or should I do that? I was, yeah. So I think um, I was listening to a lot of 
like cool music, like Frank Ocean. Yeah. He's cool. Of course. Uh, Kanye. Yeah. Um, Was cool. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kanye. Whatever. Just like the cool, the cool stuff that people listen to. I also was listening to like, I'm trying to remember. You're putting me on the spot. No, it's fine. I, you don't need to like list your influences, yeah, but yeah. I would imagine it's but, like yeah, the, and it's just like how, oh the, yeah, yeah, the cool stuff. I remember having this conversation with this person yeah. who was in the music industry, and for an example, and I was just like, I want to be like SZA. Like, oh, how yeah. do I be? I just want to make music like SZA. Like, she's the best. She's so cool, yeah. and she's really she's a good artist. But yeah, I like absolutely. idolized these people as like they were really cool socially, and like I knew that they like everyone thought they were cooler than me so i, was I like, think oh, it's I the know. people that you would label as a vibe right like oh she's a vibe right you right. feel me like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I and get she's it. cool to like young girls she's so cool yeah she is she's really cool and your music's good yeah this is already wanna... a legend in my eyes right yeah but so is frank ocean like those are like yeah, yeah yeah so i wanted to just do what they were doing i wanted basically i wanted to be how ha- i wanted to be like have the reputation they had and be like famous but I, it wasn't really about the art it was more At like, yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh, you know, I want it. Like this girl's, it was just like, I wanted to be the aesthetic. famous. The yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. They have all this attention. Everyone thinks they're cool. Like that's wow. what I want. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. And so then what changes? Or is that still so the then, thing? No, it's not a okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what changes? What happens? Okay, so I start like, I'm thinking that way for a while. Yeah. And, um. Basically, I start, I don't know what, at what point started happening, but I started like, I think my mind started changing and I was like, started to really make decisions on my own Yeah. based on like, you know, I would always be like, oh, that's not, um, that's not cool because of whatever. Like I had these, um, set ideas and I really started to deconstruct like, why isn't that cool? Like take a second look, like maybe it is cool, even if it's not cool to like the public, the general public. You started developing your taste. Yeah. My taste. And letting my, my mind kind of, um, explore like what, why, why this is the way it is and is it cool or is it not cool? What do I think? Right. Instead of like, what does it? What is? What does everyone? What think? does everyone else think about it? Yeah. Right. So you start to be, you start to find some individuality. It sounds yeah. Like. Yeah. There was like a distinctive moment when I was like looking at this like Kaylani picture. Yeah. In the mirror, and she had like this really short haircut, and I remember like I I was cutting my hair shorter and shorter for a while but I like never wanted to cut it that short or I wasn't gonna do anything to it and then I was like wait a second like this is actually like really dope and that was like a real moment for me because I'd never thought her hair was that cool before (laughs) and then I well her specific haircut was really short and then I did it and it was like just the beginning of like me being like oh now I'm now I'm you know, making my own decisions like this is what do I think? This is cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And really, my producer. And how does that? Yeah. How does that affect the music? How do you meet? How do you meet your producer? So my sister um, was working with my producer yeah. in my dad's house. Yeah. And I was hanging around them, and um, I was like, kind of like, "What are you guys doing?" Like judging them a little. Uh. uh and um, he's really a a huge part of why 
of what Deborah's child is. Like, yeah, I mean, I was talking to him off mic a little bit. I, I think like um, it's rare to find someone who's really concentrating on their pop sensibilities in this day and age, where because everybody starts. They open Ableton and they want to like make 808 Mafia beats or they want to sound mm. like their favorite SoundCloud rapper. And like mm. when I listen to the Deborah's Child Project, like just in the three songs that are really easy to find right now, they are all legitimate like pop leaning smashes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're they're bangers. Uh, yeah. And they sound super polished. Like mm. I wouldn't have guessed that you guys were a bedroom artist. Yeah. I thought you were already kind of like in the studio system with songwriters and stuff. Really? Cause like that's the level yeah, of, of the output. I very think. high quality. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually record on this mic. On a SM7? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Shore. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Shore. Yeah. You know, I sound good on this There mic. you go. <laughs> we're going to yeah. record on a really fancy one in a second. Okay. But. Yeah, in listening, I'm thinking I always misjudge the output of work now because I forget like how good something can sound coming out of a out of a bedroom, mm. and so I went, ah, oh, she's like, this is a girl that's been in the industry for a while, mm. and da 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 da. She's like working with major songwriters, and to learn that it's just the two of you, I'm like thoroughly impressed. Wow, so good on you guys. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, interesting to hear that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think when you really find someone who you feel like you know challenges you and like you guys are on the same page like you want to do something literally ridiculous like we have a new song about ducks Mm -hmm. and they're just like yeah that's awesome like that's what you need if you were judging them at first yeah 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 Yeah, it obviously wasn't an instant click you you were a little skeptical so it took time was there a moment there was it was a series of little moments yeah Tons along the way. And yeah. every little moment um, led to, like, the big shift that I am now and I'm I'm making the music that I am now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there were a lot of moments, like, like uh, he was playing. Uh, we first started working, just we were writing pitch music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we made this first song that was, like, kind of, like, for Banks or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he played it to me and my sister, and we were like, I was like, that's, like, whack. Like, it doesn't sound like Siddha. Like, it's whack. Like, I don't really think, I don't really, like, I I almost, like, I really wasn't hearing it or something. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I just started opening up more and more, like, I opened up to him and I opened up to, to what, could be cool what music is and i and i heard it again and i was like wait a second like i literally there was like a moment where i heard it again and i was like wait I, this is cool yeah i yeah. was wrong yeah i was wrong yeah. or like yeah I, I don't think that yeah it's just about being open being um you know like we also what we were watching like tons of tons of art stuff and trying to learn about like what the meaning is what what these artists are going for like all these different movies what it means and um you know just diving into like just like um yeah like developing uh, your taste it sounds like like really like taste. yeah that's exactly it like you guys are consuming a lot in order to output a lot and yeah. that's like yeah. you know that that's your own internal internal like mood board you know yeah, saying? Yeah, all yeah. the art you're learning about all the music you listen to that yeah. affects everything yeah. you know yeah. uh and i think the amalgamation of the influences and yeah they display themselves in the output and i think the output is fantastic thank you and so i'm glad that we got to talk yeah, me too. uh on your way up because i like i said i think um 
you know, you seem like you're already making some of the right moves, it sounds like, and you guys clearly have, like, amazing songwriting chemistry, and nothing but big things to come for Deborah's Child, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Right? So it is. Cool. What is, like, up next for you? Are you up just kind of releasing singles? Um. So I have this next single coming out which is the end of the ep next month okay and then i'm um we're working we're dropping an album okay we're pretty sure it's an album an lp yeah not at one not all at once like they'll probably be you know dispersed monthly okay um but we have like all the songs pretty much written um are you happy with it do you love it i love i love a lot of them what's wrong with the ones you don't love they're not done yet. Oh, okay. And they're, they're just like done. messed up. Okay. Yeah. So I can't say they don't sound like scissor yet in your head. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're not. They still need like a lot of work. Like the ideas there, but um, we have to like really figure out what it is we're trying to say. I got you. Yeah. And yeah. then it'll be. Then it'll be good. Then you'll love it. Yeah. So it goes a single coming out soon, mm-hmm. which will already be out by the time this episode comes out, mm-hmm. all, all transparency. So there's a new single that you guys can listen to right now. And then... An and a L- music video is coming soon. A music video. Yeah. And then an LP, it's tentatively. Yes, but we're also simultaneously working on this TV show. Is that like a... Like, it's a real thing. Like it's a real thing where like you might have... Like people are interested in it already? Or like... No, not yet. Okay. But we... If the, there's a plan, what happens if the t- if the TV show cracks off and becomes like the next Bob's Burgers? Is Deborah's Child put on hold for a while, or do you still pursue Deborah's Child? Pursuing Deborah's Child is that the number one? Um. Wow. No. Yeah. Don't say wow. No, I'm surprised. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be like instantaneous, sure thing. It always was. Always, always, always. Like I don't want to take any time away from Deborah's Child. Yeah. Like this is my thing, you know. Yeah. But um, the more and more I create the more and more i am not limiting myself to just one thing and i've always like since recently have had aspirations to be an actress to be a voice actor to um work in animation like i draw too and the way i see it now and i feel like this is this is better but the first instinct is like oh i can't believe you didn't you know you're supposed to say yes yeah right the way i see it now is like it's all one one big creative like collective yeah. yeah yeah and and it is a deborah's child yeah. affiliated show it took me a long time to come to that realization in myself that like you know i tease myself about being a fucking podcast host i used to be a rapper and uh, i'm also a photographer i'm a videographer and i do a bunch of different shit right i like to cook egg dishes really perfectly egg eggs like i like to make a perfect omelet like and to me i've talked about this on the show but like that to me is as much of right art yeah. As writing a song is, right. right? It satisfies that same itch. Right, right. And I didn't recognize that self or that 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 in myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was always kind of miserable because of it. Mm-hmm. And once I had that moment, like you sound like you've already had, where it's like, no, your you as an artistic being is the summation of all these things, yeah. then you never can judge yourself for like not being active in this one thing while yeah. you're as long as you're active in yeah. something else. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And they all lead, I mean, the music the show's music based. There's yeah. gonna be Deborah's child music totally. all over it. Amazing. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This voice that you hear coming out of this microphone into your headphones. It has range, baby. And so if you guys need any extra cast members oh. on your uh, on your yet unnamed TV show, oh, I will, holler at your boy. I will keep you in mind. Because I, sure. I would love to get it. I would love to break into the animation voiceover world. Can I hear that would a be, voice? I don't know. What kind of voice do you want to hear? 
maybe like um, like a, a oh, nerdy shit. boy or something. <clears throat> well, um, let's go ahead and just uh, add this equation into the. No, I don't know. That yeah. is good. Yeah, thanks. I like that. Yeah, thanks. That was right off the t- off the cuff. A little bit of improvising going on here, <laughs> you know. I love your Amy Winehouse shirt, by the way. I just thanks. noticed that it's Amy Winehouse. I was looking at the picture and not the words, and I was like, "Is that Aaliyah?" But it's not. It's just yeah. a very, very faded shirt. You guys will see on the yeah, performance. It's okay. Faded. What are people supposed to call you as Deborah's child? Is it like, yo, DC, thanks for coming in? Deb's child's cool. Deb's child, yeah, all right. That's De- what I like. Okay. Deborah's child's cool too. Thank you for coming in. I You're appreciate welcome. the time. Thanks for having I me. I look forward to the future output. I think the very select few songs you have out right now are beyond impressive, and I think our audience will love them. Tell the people where they can find you online. You guys can find me on Instagram at Deb's Child. And, um,. You can also find my Facebook page. I think it's facebook.com slash devchild. Wow, Facebook. And I know. Out. I'm trying to think. I don't have a Twitter. I'm working You got on SoundCloud. So- yeah, my stuff's on SoundCloud. Yeah. My stuff's on Spotify, Deborah's Spotify, Child. Yeah. And uh, new music videos coming. So Deb's Child, Deborah's Child and YouTube. Man. On YouTube, yeah, yeah. There's already some music videos out. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. I think you're like really coming into your own aesthetic wise and everything Thanks. and you're figuring it out. And I like to watch the early growth. Like that's one of my things, one of my pleasures in life. I'm so. happy you're watching me growing. I mean, really. I like to I watch all the artists on this show grow yeah. over time and some of them have grown on to be enormous. Yeah. And some of them, I watch them grow and I go, why did they grow that way? Why didn't they grow this way? And what I thought right. they were going to be, you know what I mean? But right. people change. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, go check out Deborah's Child. The easiest way for me is on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Like she's there and yeah. the three songs are repeatable. Yeah. You can listen to them twice in a row and then that's a six song EP. Yeah. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition across all platforms. Follow us as a unit at Kind of Neat and follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Kind of Neat, where you are going to see Deb's Child perform Margaret's Hymn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is a banger. This one, I, you know, I get excited sometimes. I like I think this one has the potential to go. I don't want to I don't want to jinx it by saying that, but I think this one has some potential to go. So yeah. go look for that on YouTube if you got through this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, that was Deborah's Child. Thanks, guys. This is Lee, and this was kinda neat. Yeah.